Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 or 14 minutes each day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby help, helping us keep focused on our relationship with God, upon our spiritual lives, and also to be better able to deal with whatever life throws at us every day. Now, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as we're in God's Word every day, even for this short time, our faith stays stronger and even grows stronger. We want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. Help somebody in your life grow in their faith. Come closer to God maybe get to heaven. Share it through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Make that commitment and help somebody today. We want to get back into our line of thought and study, and we're talking about man's own worst enemy. Or we might even say, make it more personal, our worst enemy, and that's ourselves. Mankind's worst enemy is mankind. We've talked about that. God created us unique, going back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, from everything else that he had created. He created us, mankind alone, with a soul. So we're not just physical in nature, we're also spiritual in nature. Our physical bodies will one day die, unless the Lord comes again first, but our souls will go on. They're eternal. Now, so God created us in that spiritual, with that spiritual identity as well as physical identity in his likeness. God is spirit. He created us in his likeness, in his own image, and that makes us unique, and it makes us very, very special. But God did not create us as automatons or robots or programmed to not be able to do anything but what is right. He created us with a free will. But he also instilled within us a conscience, an internal regulator that was designed by God to help us recognize the dangers, well, first recognize wrongdoing, sinfulness, evil, wickedness, and the dangers that go therewith. Now, again, we read in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul wrote this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so there are the two different sides of human life. We have to choose one or the other. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter, seven, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. There are two pathways through life, two roads to travel. He said one is straight, one is narrow. That's the way of truth, and it leads to eternal life in heaven. The other is broad, and we could say crooked as well. And there's no rules on that road except the, eternal, except the ultimate uh, the, the ultimate uh, uh, destination is eternal, con- is eternal condemnation in hell. Now, which one would you want to take? Heaven or hell? It's a no-brainer. But who has to make the decision? You do. You have to decide which, where, which road you're going to walk down through life. You're going to have to decide which decisions you're going to make all along the way. God has given us a personal manual to live by. That's the Bible. The Bible, God's word, the way of truth, 
the way of righteousness. But we have to decide whether or not we are going to live down, uh, we're going to walk down that road and live by his manual. He doesn't make us do it, but he, he does inform us of the consequences of not living in a righteous way, faithful to him, obedient to him and his teachings, and that's versus living in the righteous way, either righteousness or unrighteousness, goodness or evil. And as God created us unique from everything else he created, we alone have the inherent understanding, the ability of the principles, the differences between those two principles of good and evil, righteousness and unrighteousness. Now, that internal regulator that God instilled with us that we can call a conscience, we can manipulate that so that it malfunctions. Again, in in Acts chapter 23 and verse 1, the apostle Paul stood before a crowd of accusers, and he said, I have lived in good conscience until this day. But Paul did some things before becoming a Christian that were evil, that were unrighteous that were disobedient to God. He hunted down Christians because he did not believe in Jesus Christ as God's Son and our Lord and Savior. He tried to coerce Christians into blaspheming the name of Christ, and he even voted for Christians' executions at times at least. But while he was doing that, he thought he was doing right. He thought he was following God's will. Now, so he could still say, I lived in, I've lived in good conscience until this day, but he had conditioned his conscience to move in the wrong direction, to guide him in the wrong direction. When he was confronted with his error, with his disbelief and unfaithfulness to God, he changed his life, and his conscience became more pure. Well, we need to understand that God expects us to live righteously before him. Much of the suffering in this world comes from foolish choices. Now, who makes those foolish choices? We do ourselves. As I pointed out in Genesis chapter 6, God destroyed the world in the days of Noah by the flood. And we're talking about a worldwide cataclysmic flood. He cleansed the earth of humankind and all of the other animals as well that walk upon the face of the earth because of man's evil. The the text says in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6 that the thoughts and intentions of the hearts of man was only evil continually. Now, what what brought about man's destruction during that time? Man's evil thoughts and practices. Man is our own worst enemy. So much of the suffering in this world, well, it comes from foolish choices made by the people who are suffering. People keep making bad choices. They keep suffering the same consequences. Instead of following God's word and submitting to his will by following his word, people keep making their own choices and say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to church every Sunday. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to hear that stuff from, the, from, from God's word. I just want to do what I want to do. Well, and they keep making the same kinds of bad choices and keep suffering the same kinds of consequences as a result. And they keep wondering, well, 
What can I do? What can I do to make my life better? Why do, I, why do these things keep happening to me? Because you keep making bad choices. Because you're not walking with God through Jesus Christ. Because you're not worshiping God. Because you're not living according to his teachings communicated to you in his word, the Bible. You're your own worst enemy. The Bible says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word, speaking of God's word, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. And also Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. If we will condition our hearts to be obedient to God's word, we're going to live the best life that a human being can live with the greatest joy, maybe I should say the deepest joy, and with the greatest hope, the farthest reaching hope, and that is eternal life with God in heaven. So sin is something that we recognize if we will open our eyes and our hearts, and if we will look into that mirror of God's word. When we continue to make sinful choices, we're going to suffer the consequences thereof. Remember the basic bottom line verse that instructs us as to the consequences of the two choices as to how we're going to live our life. The wages of sin is death. We're talking ultimately about eternal condemnation in hell. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus and Jesus being our Savior. Romans 6, verse 23. We need to make up our mind. We need to quit making the bad choices. Now, we want to think also, vice, people who live a sinful lifestyle, who live in wickedness and evil, ultimately, that's harder on them than if they lived a virtuous life or a faithful life before God. Old men will tell young people that the prophet knew what he was talking about when he said, they weary themselves to commit iniquity. Jeremiah 9 and verse 5 and Genesis chapter 19 and verse 11. Have you ever thought about all of the hoops that people try to, and all the mental gymnastics that people try to jump through to justify their sinfulness, their wickedness, their disobedience to God? Oh, yeah. It's like somebody who just simply does not want to work and wants to mooch off of other people, including the government, and they keep trying to, to find ways to do that to avoid having to actually get a job and go to work every day. I've said many times, it, they'd, probably have, they'd probably find it easier if they'd go, just go get a job <laughs> and go to work every day and earn the money that they need for a living than all of the hoops and all of the mental gymnastics and all of the, you know, wheeling and dealing that they have to do on an ongoing basis to try to get somebody else to take care of them. Well, people keep making excuses for making bad choices, for not doing what God's word instructs them to do. So again, they weary themselves to commit iniquity. John Chrysostom said, virtue is easier than vice. Now, a lot of people would say, no, 
that Christian life is too hard, too straightforward. It's all a whole list of thou shalt nots. It's a whole list of the blessings that come with thou shalts is what the truth is. God knows what is best for us, and he wants to protect us from the dangerous consequences of taking into our mindset wickedness and evil, sinfulness. God is looking out for us, and we need to understand that when we think about those choices that we make that lead us to negative consequences because they're sinful. We're going to continue next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to open our eyes to see the truth of your word and the truth that your word guides us in the best life that we can live with the greatest, deepest, most fulfilling joy and the greatest, farthest reaching hope that any person could, uh, could, could ever hope to have. Help us to share this with others, Father. Please, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.